Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. The following program is brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. We told you we were expanding. Tune in to the Amethyst Oracle Divination with a Queer Twist. Featuring Firefly Willow's L.I.V.E. favorite, Heisey Ludmers, and his co-host, Charlie Harrington, on the second Tuesday evening each month. And get ready for two more shows. Starting in February, join us for A Shamanic Life, hosted by John Carousella. On the first and third Tuesdays each month at 8 p.m., John will bring together leaders and explorers in neo-shamanism. Practical and practiced, his guests are not just doing shamanism, they're living it. And don't miss... What's Your Prescription for Balance with Mildred Lynn McDonald and Dr. Glenna Calder the first Thursday evening of each month. We're excited. Give us a listen as we create new and entertaining ways for you to shine your inner light in addition to our original Sunday morning Firefly Willows L-I-V-E anchor shows. Hello, this is Mildred Lynn McDonald, and I'm your host for What's Your Prescription for Balance, live from Los Altos, California. We'd like to thank you for joining us today. We also hope to inspire you with the leading trends and best practices of holistic living, alternative medicine, and life coaching, with some lightheartedness and laughter thrown in for fun. In a few minutes, I'll be joining my co-host, the talented and insightful Dr. Glenna Calder in Halifax, Nova Scotia. We'll then zoom over to Sydney, Cape Breton Island to chat with the engaging Coralie Murphy about the Benjamin cleanse that's taking the island by storm. Later in the show, we'll be providing some tips on how to select the best alternative therapy for you and your loved ones. So please mark your calendars, grab a nice cup of tea, and join your hosts, Dr. Glenna Calder and myself, Mildred Lynn McDonald, the first Thursday of every month at 3.30 p.m. Pacific Time. We hope that What's Your Prescription for Balance will leave you energized, more knowledgeable, and inspired from the top of your head to the tip of your toes. And now... Let's beam over to the East Coast of Canada and welcome my co-host, Dr. Glenna Calder, and our special guest, Coralie Murphy. Hello, Glenna. Are you there? I'm here, Mildred Lynn. How are you doing? Very good, and today we have a special show. It's our first show together, so I'm feeling all kinds of feelings. How about you? I'm really excited. (laughs) (laughs) And I I believe we also have Coralie Murphy on the line. Yes, Yes, you do. You do. And for our listeners out there, what's really, really special about Glenna and Coralie and myself is that we are all from Cape Breton, Cape Breton Island, Nova Scotia, and we're absolutely thrilled to be here this evening chatting about well-being, the veg and cleanse, alternative therapies, 
all kinds of fun stuff. We'll even throw in some Cape Breton music. I, I kind of scooted that into the program, too, because I feel like the whole world needs to know about the healing quality of Cape Breton and also Cape Breton music. How about you guys? Excellent. I'm really excited to have Coralie Murphy on the show. I think it's going to be a really interesting and fun show tonight. Yeah. So, Coralie, Cor- mm-hmm. I also wanted to mention to our listeners, I met Coralie several years ago at Glenna Calder's naturopathic practice, and the first thing that hit me, and I always remember it, is Coralie's absolutely beautiful red hair. So I'm just putting it out there that I have that I have red hair, but Coralie is in a class all by herself. But I, I bet you hear that all the time, do you, Coralie? Oh uh, well, I have to say I'm I'm pretty much noted for the hair for sure. <laughs> you either hear I think people probably hear me before they see me though. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that's a nice combination. So, so listen, this is what we want to hear about this evening. The Vegin Cleanse. Now, I understand that this Vegin Cleanse project or initiative has taken Cape Breton Island by storm. What I'm really interested in hearing about, and I'm sure Glenn is too, and definitely our listeners, is how did this all start and what is the Vegin Cleanse? Well, first of all, I would like to start off by thanking you for having me on the program. I think this is uh, an exciting endeavor for Cape Breton and for the program as well. Um, As far as the vegan cleanse, I think we were improperly coined as a vegan cleanse because although it does employ vegan principles with regards to the elimination of animal-based products, it does happen to go so much further than that. The program is basically a transitional approach to a plant-based lifestyle where detoxifying or cleansing is a natural effect or a byproduct of that of that process. So in along the way, um, it, it became the vegan cleanse, which then transformed into the cleanse because Cape Bretoners, as Cape Bretoners, we like to have nicknames for everything. So it's just known as the cleanse here in, in Cape Breton. And it absolutely has taken off. Um, four years ago, we started off with a small group of six people sharing common interest. And here we are four years later with well over 600 people, all done by word of mouth only. So I think that stands to, uh, to, it speaks highly of the program and the results that we're getting and how it's impacted the community for sure. Now, Coralie, maybe for the purpose of this program, we can refer to it as the cleanse because as we're going to talk about a little later on, it does impact a person on many levels, mind, body, and spirit. Absolutely. Yeah, and the other question I wanted to ask Glenna is, are people coming into your naturopathic practice asking for a cleanse or showing interest in this area? Definitely, especially this time of year right into the new year, Um, I'd say January and February and March, people are looking, um, because this is a tough time of year for health concerns when we don't get much sun up here in Canada anyway, (laughs) this time of year. (laughs) So people are looking to feel better, and they know that or they have a sense that food is the answer. So they don't, some people don't even know what a cleanse is, and there is no cleanse, there's different ways to do it, but there's many people starting to to learn, starting to read, starting to seek out any information they can get about how they can cleanse in a healthful, in a in a safe way. 
Do you think, do you feel that this is because people are feeling heavy in their bodies? They're just feeling kind of stuck or groggy or gooky, and yes. they want to get some energy moving? Is that the yeah. fear? That's exactly it. They feel very stagnant and inside their body they're feeling really stagnant and that things and organs aren't functioning as well. So um, Yeah, go ahead. And so they might not kind of know exactly what's going on, but they just know there's some tweaking that needs to be done. Okay. And Coralie, when people come in to your program and I know you you call it a plant based, can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Um for this program, basically, it was designed with some very general principles in mind where we take the best of the plant-based world and try to structure it in a program that's going to work on a, on a wide level so that basically everybody and anyone could benefit from it. Um, the thing with the program, it doesn't include all of pla- or plants in all of their forms, I guess is the best way to say it. On this particular program, we have encouraged people to eliminate refined sugar, refined flour products, caffeine, alcohol, things of that nature. And in that, when you t- when you take those things out of the diet, of course, detoxification happens, and you fill those spaces with highly nutritive food. Then you have an upload of nutrients into the cells, and of course, that starts to restructure the internal land- landscape of of your body. Mm. Now, Glenda, when you have patients, do you ever find they come in and they may be feeling stuck and groggy and you help them identify foods that might not be friendly to their body? Does, how does it impact the body? Do people put weight on? Do they have skin problems? What does it look like from a practitioner's perspective? Uh, all of the above. So some people, kind of depends where our weak link is in our body, but some people often retain more fluid. We try mm-hmm. to dilute the toxins, so our body will hold on to fluid, or and produce more inflammation. Sometimes the digestive system starts to slow down and not work quite as well. And often you see people with inflammatory conditions on the skin, such as eczema or psoriasis and things like that. So if there's our listeners out there and they're feeling kind of stuck in their body and their body's feeling heavy and they notice that they may have bloating or inflammation, looking toward what they're ingesting in terms of food to nourish themselves might be a good starting point. Would that be fair? Definitely. When I do any testing for food sensitivities in my clinic, often when we see the results, patients will say, aha, interesting. The last time I had pineapple, I had a migraine afterwards. Okay. Okay. And a pineapple seems so harmless, Glenda. It seems kind of friendly. (laughs) Yeah, but it all, you know, each individual is different. So, and I'm sure Coralie has found this, that different people within a program probably do better with different foods. And so it's only that the patient that can kind of say, ah, yeah, I notice this food doesn't sit well with me. And the cleaner your diet is, the easier it is to see this. Because when you start to do a cleanse, you feel so good that when you take something in that doesn't agree, it's very easy to pinpoint that way, rather than if we're eating a lot of refined sugar and our blood sugar is going up and down and we're getting different symptoms. It's hard to know which foods are causing what. Okay, that's excellent. Now, Coralie, I'd like to switch over to you for a moment. Because your program is so successful, and I'd say it's very fulfilling for you, can you share with our listeners why this has taken off and what the connection is between the success of the program and the program being based in Cape Breton Island? 
Well, you know, it's funny. It was eye-opening for me as well uh, with, when we started off with such a small number of people just sharing common interests, like I said. Um, I think we put forth, I put forth the program because I really wanted, the intention of it was to raise awareness within the community um, with regards to the power of food and what it can do for your body and healing from the inside out. And I think the success of the program, first and foremost, what is basically based on the fact that it, it does work. It works very well, and it works well for a broad spectrum of people. Mm-hmm. And it does offer people more than just food solutions. Like I said, this is about restructuring the relationship that we have with food uh, and, and ourselves on such a deep level. It goes far above and beyond uh, just what food provides on a nutritive level. When I speak about nutrients to the participants, in the program, we talk about not just food nutrients, but nutrients that feed our soul, love, water, air, connectedness, community. And I think that's the one thing that that Cape Breton does so very well. We have a very strong sense of who we are as a community, who we are as a culture, and I think, and as individuals, of course, and I think all of that together um, just, just, it's like the perfect storm. It, it, it just completes the whole circle. We have a, a strong sense of community. We have good things happening here. We have a very wide group of forward-thinking individuals that are asking more of themselves mm-hmm. and, and of their, their medical practices. Mm, excellent. Now, Glenda, what do you feel Cape Breton has, or the East Coast of Canada even, that would support healthy living? Like what qualities, innate qualities? I know we talked about this before on one of our other internet internet radio programs. But is there anything that's coming up for you? Well, I think Cape Breton, Cape Bretoners in particular, are people who like to share. Mm-hmm. They're very generous people, and they like to share and they like to be open. So when they find something that works and that makes sense to them, and it doesn't matter, you know, where it's coming from or who thinks it's it's um, it's valid or not. If they feel it works, they're going to share it with their friend, their neighbor, their relative, whether they live in Cape Breton or not. They're going, um, they're going to talk about it, and I think that that's that's word of mouth. Yeah, and I, as I was sharing with for our listeners, as I was sharing with Coralie and Glenda before, I have not. And I, I live in Silicon Valley, California. I have not found found anything more powerful than the Cape Breton grapevine. It's quicker than the internet. I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> now, I would agree. Yeah, I know. There's nothing like it. Maybe the Newfoundland grapevine. That that would probably be a sec, a close second. But Corley, we talked a little bit earlier about common purpose and the role that plays not only in the cleanse program but other wellness initiatives. Can you talk a little bit about that? How important common purpose is? Well, I think. You know, when you have a group of people with a common purpose or or if you're sitting in the energy of like-minded people, there's nothing more powerful than being in that moment. It creates a a wonderful learning environment. It creates a helping environment. When everybody is moving in the same direction, direction, working for a common purpose. And the one thing that humans do well is we eat well. (laughs) We, We know how to do that. And so when you talk about diet and you talk about health, that is something that everybody relates to. So when you have a group of people 
moving in the same direction, in the same momentum, with the same energy, and, and talking about health and wellness and raising awareness, I think, like I said, everything's moving in the right direction. Everything's moving fluidly and with such momentum. And we can create an environment where everybody shares and everybody moves forward at the same at the same, well, not really at the same rate as far as individual successes go, but definitely in the same rate as far as the learning process goes. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Glenna? Have you noticed that in your practice? I believe you had a, a an eight-week program that you offered or a six-week program along the happy trail. I did, and I think the success that came from that group was more than what I get with a one-on-one with individuals. And I think mm-hmm. what it was, we included mind, body, and spirit in the group. Um, We talked about all of those three aspects of the person. But I think also coming to a group, um, a supportive group and a positive group, you're you're not going to be as negative on yourself because the group is not going to let you. And so I think that's one strong point of working in a group. And I think the other thing is learning from other people that are going through the same thing as you makes it more efficient. So one person next to you saying, this is what's working for me. Or, Or the opposite, this doesn't work for me. So you're kind of fast-tracking the success by learning from the group. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. The, the other thing I'd like to add is so many people go through their day busy on automatic pilot or distracted or, or maybe overly focused on their goals. And they, at the end of the day, may or may not be aware that they, they're not having the conversations that nourish them. And I find that if you're in a group setting and there is a strong sense of community, that all of a sudden you feel very bonded with the group. And if you step back and think about it, it's really because I'm having the type of conversation I like to have. This conversation is nourishing me. So I'd say that, I I would call that a healing conversation. So I would invite our listeners to take a day or take two days and sit back at the end of the day with a nice cup of tea or beverage of your choice and reflect on the content of the conversations you were having over those two days or, or for a day, even a day would do it. And then reflect on why I'm not having more healing conversations or conversations where I can really approach it from a mind, body, spirit and feel fulfilled and nourished. So that's what I'd offer for our listeners. Anything else, Glenna or Corley? Um, Well, that's an interesting thing to bring up because as I reflect on how I met Corley, although I was born and raised in Cape Breton, believe it or not, I had never met Coralie. <laughs> not, every, not every Cape Bretoner knows every Cape Bretoner. <laughs> so I didn't meet Coralie until I graduated from Naturopathic Medical School. I had gotten her name from a chiropractor. And so sure enough, I called Coralie up, and she invited me to come down and meet with her. And it was on a Friday night at around 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> I drove down in a rainstorm, and we had our, our first meeting. And so I knew right then... We were a perfect match. Who else would meet on a Friday night after a long day of work at 9 o'clock to talk about practice? So we decided then we were going to work together, and we did for the next five years. But um, right then I knew, you know, that's what I want my day to be filled with, healing conversations. And that's what I look, and that's what I look for is to surround myself with people at work to have conversations that are going to enrich my day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, um, 
we function extremely well in community as opposed to competition. And, you know, when you surround yourself, like Lena said, with people that are high vibrational people, high energy people, it just makes everything go so much easier. There's flow to your day. There's flow to your thoughts. There's flow to your, you know, your life. And it's really important that we maintain that in our minds, that we do well when we feel a sense of connectedness. Yeah, that's important. And the other thing that's coming up, too, is something you mentioned, Coralie, in regard to um, empowering, self-empowering programs that may, may, or not, may or may not involve food is the concept of lasting power. And I know there's lots of people listening that have started with the best of intentions a program only to find themselves flickering out Mm-hmm. one or two weeks down the road, and beating themselves up and feeling so disappointed and discouraged. So talk to us a little bit about lasting power and what our listeners should look for when engaging in a program. Well, I think it's really important to recognize where you are in your journey. It's important that you engage in a program that resonates with you but also allows you the freedom to stretch your mind and your soul so that you're looking a little bit outside of your comfort zone because really that's what's going to make it interesting for you. That's what's going to engage you or take you, you know, like I said, a little bit outside outside of that that box that that we tend to uh, migrate to because it's our our comfortable place. So I think when you, you start to look at programs that work, you will notice that it it allows people to reflect on some of the deeper aspects of themselves. Um, they, it, it allows them to realize that the life that they're living is a product of choice and that we rise every day to new choices. And new choices, of course, will bring different results, and I think that's really important. And also to look at a program that is not really Band-Aid fixes. They're, they're not short-term fixes, but more transitioning into solution-based long-term benefits. So I think when you have programs that hold you responsible for your life and and programs that put you back in the driver's seat, Mm -hmm. that's really, really important. Mm -hmm. What about you, Glenna? That's a really good point, I think, Mm -hmm. about um, people tend to succeed more when they are stepping up outside their comfort zone because I think that is part of um, how people love to learn. And so, and I know Coralie's program is all is very educational. She's teaching a lot about what's going on inside the cells and inside the organs. And I was just thinking about a patient that came to me this week and said they, had, they did a cleanse for six weeks and they're coming back to see me and they said, they were telling me about how it went and I said, you know, how do you feel about staying on this for four to eight more weeks? And she said, I'm so glad you said that because I was actually driving over here thinking I'm disappointed the time's up because she found it really spiritual the whole mm-hmm. six to eight weeks, she, how much she learned about herself, and she just felt more open towards other people. And it was just interesting. It was more of a spiritual journey for her than a nutritional journey. Wow. So I, so we could really ask our listeners to, when they're taking on a new wellness program, whatever that looks like, to 
entertain the idea that it is of mind, body, and spirit, and let that space be created. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Coralie, at first glance, the cleanse program looks like it's related to food, and we alluded a little earlier that it really tackles mind, body, spirit. So can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. In the very first meeting in the program, what we do is we host weekly seminars, and that's where I get to teach them and and talk to the participants about different cellular changes they're going to go through and different physiological changes that that they will go through because that's what they think they're there for. They think that this is just going to be a purely physical journey. And by the end of the eighth week, they realize that it's, been so much about it's been about so much more in the first meeting i often say that most of you have come for the wrong reasons but you will end up staying and and lasting for all of the right reasons because as you start to peel back the layers and you really get to the undersurface of what's going on things begin to change and i think it's really important for people to understand that when you engage in programs like this The outside world, whatever you've manifested in your life, is a direct reflection of what is going on on the inside, your internal landscape. So when you start to take in vibrant food, nutritive food, nourishing food, your internal landscape begins to transform. And then all of a sudden you will start to realize that your outside world the things that you're manifesting in your work life, in your relationships, in your friendships, things start to transform, things start to shift and change. And it becomes very empowering as you start to feel well. You don't want to go back to that place where you've you've come from. And so that kind of gives you the motivation and the momentum to keep moving forward. So although... Like I said, we we do spend a lot of time talking about the actual individual cells and how to nourish them and how to impact change at a cell level. We start to delve into deeper issues, um, particularly with cellular environment and how nutrients and thought both create changes within the cell and therefore everything above the cellular level, tissues, organs, systems, the the whole gamut. So... Truly, I believe that even though it started with a very physical thing as food, it becomes and transforms into a a very mind-spiritual connection throughout the rest of the journey. Yeah, and I'd like to reinforce that, uh, what Coralie had to say, because in preparation for this show and also for my well-being, I decided that I would eat really clean for the last week, really, really clean. And I've noticed just in a short week a huge change in my body. What I didn't anticipate is how that would also jolt my spirit because Mm. it took me down all kinds of avenues of wondering, oh, my heavens, if this is happening to me, this must be happening to other people. Oh, my heavens, what are we all ingesting? Are we eating foods that when we get to the digestive level, the body doesn't know what to do with this stuff? And so it might get dispersed and, and, and cause extra weight gain. So I noticed on a very personal and spiritual and a human level that 
thoughts and questions were coming into my mind that really never were there before. And it was all because of simply making uh, a concerted effort or setting my intention to eat cleaner. And now, and Coralie, now there's no going back. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, one, I always say to the group, I always say to the group, once you're aware, you're yes. never not aware. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure over. that'll be on my headstone as I yeah. as I leave. Yeah, the party's over. I I had the last hurrah. Glenna, what about your patients? What about this mind body connection? Anything to add there? Well, first I got to laugh because in, also preparing for this show, the last two weeks I've gotten out my juicer again. Yay, juicer! And I've been juicing, and God love. Of course, if I do it, my husband's got to do it and the kids have to do it. <laughs> so my two-and-a-half-year-old has been drinking her carrots and her beets and her kale and <laughs> her spinach, big glass of it. Um, so awesome. my two-and-a-half-year-old can do it. Anybody can do it. <laughs> yeah. That's um, I great. forgot your question, Mildred Lynn. <laughs> oh, no, it was, I was just sharing about how, you know, I, I did a simple little experiment and it hit me on so many levels very much as a human and a spirit, and it caused questions to come into my mind that I didn't even think about before. And actually, this is, this is a good lead into our next section because what we're going to talk about is how pesticides and chemicals and other, as Coralie calls them, food-like substances impact our body and sense of well-being. That's going to be in our next section. But what I'd love to do now, and this is to honor Cape Breton Island, is I'd love to play our listeners a beautiful song with beautiful words. And if we can all absorb these words, I, I believe that the world will be a better place. And we'll have a short ad from Firefly Willows Live. Then we'll come back with Dr. Glenna Calder and Coralie Murphy, and we'll tackle pesticides and chemicals and food-like substances. How does that sound? Excellent. All Excellent. Right. We'll be back and enjoy the tune. Enjoy the tune. <laughs> we hope you're enjoying this broadcast of Firefly Willows L-I-V-E on Blog Talk Radio. For information on Firefly Willows, please explore our website, fireflywillows.com, or like us on Facebook.
Well, that is a beautiful rendition of Both Sides of the Tweed by Rita and Mary Rankin from Cape Breton Island. And I just love, I love the verse because it reminds me of Cape Breton so much. And it goes like this. Let the love of our land's sacred rights to the love of our people succeed. Let friendship and honor unite and flourish on both sides the tweed. And flourishing on both sides the tweed means to me that there's room at the table for everybody. Now, Glenna and Cora Lee, we're going to get into the hot stuff now. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, ladies, first of all, did you enjoy the song? Loved it. Yes, yeah, I did as well. It's very, very peaceful. And for our listeners, at the end of the show, we're going to treat you to a little bit of fast music from Cape Breton Island. And I would be very surprised if you are not, I'd be very, very surprised if you were able to to sit there without stomping your feet and clapping your hands. But I'm not going to tell you what we're going to play, but you'll see. You'll see. You'll love it. And you'll be back dancing in California. Well, as always. (laughs) (laughs) And I I believe I shared with you guys before that one of my biggest dreams, even though I'm in California, and obviously you cannot take the Cape Bretoner out of the Californian, I would love, love, love for the healers from Cape Breton Island to come down to California to meet the healers from California. And I feel that this show, this first episode of What's Your Prescription for Balance with Dr. Glenna Calder and Coralie Murphy is the first step in this process. And actually, we're doing it because we are bridging the continent. I'm on the West Coast. You're on the East Coast. So in a way, we just have to get the physical bodies down here. That's right. And if I start talking about the weather. (laughs) Especially with the storm we have coming tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, my dream shared. Now, pesticides, chemicals, and other food-like substances. Coralie, how do they impact your body? What's your feeling on this? Oh, my. Do we have a couple hours? Well, we can start. We can give people a taste. We can start. Oh, you know, this is it's such a loaded question. I think there's a couple things that need to be highlighted here as far as chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, larvicides, insecticides, fungicides, all of the, the chemicals that we're ingesting on a daily basis, either through food or the air. Um, particularly with regards to food, when you look at the ingredients, you know, a lot of these chemicals were never tasted in con- or never tested sorry, in combination with one another. They were tested in isolation. So the combining effects of a lot of these chemicals, we have no idea what that means for, the, for our bodies. And I think we are starting to see more and more of the results of that through our chronic disease conditions. Um, I know here in Canada, the National Research Council of Canada um, there has recognized over 80,000 industrial chemicals in use today, of which they only have, you know, they, 80% of those, of those industrial chemicals they have no toxicity data on. So, again, we're looking at, you know, pollutants in the air, pollutants in our food, and what that means for us is a bioaccumulation of the substances in our body, which takes us completely off track physically, mentally, spiritually. And I think, like I said, 
when you start to see an entire culture suffer from a chronic state of deficiency and toxicity, um, we realize at the helm of this is just the fact that we have too many chemicals in our system and we're dealing with a bioaccumulated chemical state. So, Coralie, does it make sense that as a person gets older, they're accumulating more and more of these these chemicals in their body that we may or may not know how they're going to interact with our body or with each other as they start to break down, and that a segment of our population is running down the racetrack for problems? Oh, absolutely. I mean, as we age, our bodies typically become less efficient at, you know, getting rid of these harmful substances. And I think what's important to realize is that they get so bogged down in our tissues that in order to upload nutrients, the toxins have to go. And many of these these toxins are stored in fat. Fat is a is is a a neutral um, haven for them. So the more body fat we have usually the more toxins we retain. And if you look at our, you know, North American culture today, we are getting larger and larger, not smaller and smaller. Which right. of course, you know, affects us on a on another level. Now Glenna, what about you? When your patients come in and you suspect that they're having problems due to maybe ingesting chemicals innocently in their food and whatever, I know myself when I talked to you and you were able to share that there are tests that can be done to discern levels of heavy metals, uh, foods that may not be agreeing with your system, all kinds of different tests can be done from the naturopathic model. Um, Do you find that people are relieved when they hear this? What's your take on it? Yeah, because a lot of people are worried about it now. Okay. You know, they, so they know there's, we've all ingested pesticides. We've all been exposed to heavy metals in the environment now. So we, we're all taking that in. So it's, mm-hmm. the test really tells us how well are you eliminating it. And that's based on how well is your body working. And, okay. and somewhere along the line, has, has the toxic load, load become too much for your system, for your nervous system or for your immune system? Because a lot of these pesticides are neurotoxins, which means they affect your nervous system which means they can affect your, you know, your personality or your coordination and things like that. So, and it's, you know, Coralie and you touched on, it's, I see it in my practice all the time, is that children have less accumulation of these toxins, and such, so children are easier to treat because of that. When I, the same condition um, between a 3-year-old and, say, a 40-year-old, the 3-year-old is much easier to treat, and that's simply because there's less toxic load there because they've, they're only three years old, so they've been exposed to less. And so it's, it's pretty amazing. However, children are coming in now to the world with beginning with more of a toxic load, you know, because, because when they're inside the moms, they're exposed to toxins there. Yeah, I, re- I remember, and, and just to stretch it out into another species, I read a research study on whales, sperm whales, and this came out maybe two years ago, and it radically changed my life. And what radically changed my life was that the study was based on the level of heavy metals in sperm whales. And when the baby whales would be born, some of them would not survive because they were so toxic. 
Mm. And I and whales are at the top of the food chain in the ocean, and quickly where my spirit went to, wow, if this is what's going on with whales, the same thing must be going on with humans. Mm-hmm. But the good news is, like, um, anybody that's going through Coralie's program will understand that you can make that change, that just, mm-hmm. you know, decreasing your pesticide consumption by 50%, that's 50% less of a load you're putting on your system. And then doing something like increasing your vegetables and making your body more alkaline, that's supporting all the detoxification processes that are natural. We're made to constantly be detoxifying. So our body wants to do that, and it's very natural for our body to do that. And That's a great point, Glenna. When, when Glenna, when you're talking about it affects our system, what specifically, or, or can you give us a little guideline of what is affected in our system? Sure. Um, for example, our reproductive system. We'll take that because the pesticides actually disrupt the hormones and can block hormones from getting onto their receptors and then starting pathways, normal functioning happening in our body. So if the hormones can't get to the receptors, such as progesterone or testosterone or estrogen, then the pathway doesn't get started, Mm -hmm. whether it's detoxification or having a menstrual cycle, anything like that, or, or getting becoming fertile or becoming pregnant. So all that can be affected. Respiratory system, mm-hmm. um, asthma, we see that, every, we see that the increase of asthma now, and it's definitely linked with our environment and the toxins in our environment. Um, look at the chemically sensitive people out there. Their immune systems have been damaged because of the chemicals that, are, that, are, that we're exposing ourselves to. And Coralie, I love how you're empowering people because it's almost as if, well, this is the situation and this is what I'm offering for your consideration to help shift that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it definitely, you know, it's an eye-opening experience. I know the participants in the program, like I said earlier in in the show, they come in wanting to lose a little bit of weight or wanting to sleep a little better or have a little bit more energy. And at the end of the eight weeks, they, you know, they've completely transformed some areas of their life, and it's very exciting for them, you know, because they're starting to realize the potential of their bodies. And throughout the program, I, I consistently say, your body was absolutely made, and you were you were put here with everything that it needs to function at an optimal level. It's the choices that you make, that we make every day, that stand in the way of that. So when we choose to make choices that reflect our highest interests, then we start to see that play out within our system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Now let's switch to a personal level because we're hearing all this wisdom and all this good intention and all this inspiration. So the question that comes to me is, on a personal level, who do you, Coralie or Glenna or myself, who do we need to be to do this work? Who would like to jump in there? Take it away, Glenna. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to do this work, it's, do you mean as a practitioner or as somebody living this? I'm not quite sure. I mean as a, as a human being, as part of the human community. Who, who do you, you stand there, you're doing this work, what do you need to invest in yourself? What, does your, what messages do you give to yourself to nourish you to be able to do this good work that you're doing, helping others? 
Okay. Um, I guess the first thing is to be honest, to speak the mm-hmm. truth, and no matter who may or may not agree with you, because there's going to be people that don't agree with you at different times, and then they, a year or two later they, they agree with you because of you know the journey they've been on. But I think that's it, to go with what, what I think is to be true mm-hmm. and honest and to share that with others, and also to know that some people are going to be ready to hear different things at different times, but mm-hmm. being willing to just put it out there and see who's going to pick it up. Yeah, and sometimes that takes courage. Oh, definitely. Definitely takes a lot of courage. <laughs> <laughs> Being at Cape Radnor and going to St. Evacs about, you know, 15 years ago, saying I was going to be a naturopathic doctor, and nobody at the university knew what it was. <laughs> and they, they, they had no idea what a naturopathic doctor was. But Yeah, but you were, you were speaking your truth and following your heart. You knew there was something right. there for you. Yeah. What about you, Coralie? Well, you know, I have to say that Glenna's two answers were spot on in my mind as well. Um, I definitely think that in order to prepare yourself for this type of a journey, you need to be the type of person that has passion and a a real true desire to live a better life. You, You have to really want the change. And I think a lot of times, unfortunately, we don't change until something in our life changes. So when that happens, we're already coming from behind the eight ball and we're backed into a corner where change therefore becomes stressful. And if we can just step a little bit ahead of that and be the change before our situations change and force us into that, I think it makes for a much better situation. And I think that it takes a person who really understands their own personal strengths and they have a true understanding of who they are. And again, I guess this goes back to Glenna's comment about being completely honest with yourself. I I say to my patients on a daily basis that the toughest job that you will have in this lifetime is being completely honest with yourself and wanting to nurture a friendship, a lasting friendship with yourself. Mm. I remember, Glenna, you said to me once, are you friends with your body? Mm -hmm. And that's a really simple question but it was so profound and I've used that in the years since since you mentioned that question to me and I've used it with with different clients and whatever and it always stops people in their tracks because there's nowhere to hide Mm. that's right there's absolutely nowhere to hide (laughs) if you're going to answer that question you have to get real (laughs) so you know we bought the three of us have have been interacting with a lot of people in our in our own areas, and I'd love to be able to offer our listeners about ten tips that can help them on their journey. And they don't have to be specific; they can just be real things that we find in our practice, personally and with others, that really, really, really work. How does that sound to you guys? Great. Okay, who wants? To, okay, Coralie, let's start with you. Let's offer throw a tip out there. I think the first thing that I say to my group and one that resonates with me personally is that you need to welcome change in all areas of your life. And to do that, you really need to sit with the attitude of openness. Be open without judgment. You know, things are going to sound maybe a little odd because you've never considered them. When you shut down, you don't bring in new information. 
So I think one of the biggest things that I would encourage was is to just sit in the attitude of openness. Allow information to come in and be the science. Feel it for yourself. Yeah, that's excellent. What about you, Glenna? I would say um, if you're, you're looking to change something or add something to your life, be realistic and look at what you can maintain either daily or almost daily rather than just occasional because it's easier to do something daily or almost daily than do something once every two weeks. And I think anybody's found that it's easier to go for a 20-minute walk either every day or every second day than stop for a week and start again. Mm-hmm. That's a good one, too. This is, this is one that I humbly learned, very, very humbly learned. If I'm really ready to start something or make a change or shift in my life, I don't wait till Monday. I start it immediately. Excellent, yeah. And that's how I know I'm committed. Because if you've really shifted, then you, you want to start the activities that are going to support that shift in the moment. So if you find yourself saying, oh, you know what, I'm going to have a wild old weekend. <laughs> I'm going to start my diet on Monday. Well, I didn't say which Monday. <laughs> One of those Mondays. <laughs> then you might reflect a little bit with yourself and, and know that you may be committed on some level, but maybe not on all levels. So that was, that was a personal huge one that I learned as I say, very humbly. Now, what about you, Coralie? Another, another tip for our listeners. Another tip? I think it's important to focus on the things that you can have as opposed to the things that you can't. I think when we look at all of the diets and pro, you know, dietary programs that people, you know, as far as the diet on the Monday thing goes, we tend to focus on the things that we can't enjoy as opposed to the things, the new things that are coming into your life. And, and be creative and adventurous and, you know, um, implement change. Um, so, yeah, focus on the things that you can have and make it fun. Make it fun. Yeah. yeah. I, to speak to your point, I can relate to that because as I was in my cleanse mode or my healthy eating mode, I found out that wheat products weren't the best for me. So I had to find an alternative to bread. So I found this pecan rice bread, and the only way it tasted good to my palate is if I toasted it. Now, being a Cape Bretoner, you have to understand, our audience that who is not a Cape Bretoner would have to understand that sometimes tea and toast is a sacred experience in Cape Breton. You have to have your toast and tea. So I found because I was switching to cleaner food, I, I did feel a little tiny bit deprived. But once, just because I was starting a new area and I really didn't know how to manage it, well, but once I was able to have that pecan rice toast with some nice sugar-free strawberry jam and a good cup of tea, everything balanced out for me. Mm, good for you. So that that was huge. So I'd encourage our listeners, and maybe toast and tea isn't your thing. Maybe something else is. But there there may be something that is part of a cultural, social experience that you need to put some time and attention into replacing from the heart um, to, make, to make your new diet pattern or your new lifestyle in balance there. So that would be my, my tip. Glenna, you. Um, I would say <clears throat> look at who you're surrounding yourself with. So if you're trying to make some really some great changes, maybe exercise more or, you know, 
take a reduce your sugar load. Look at who you're hanging out with. And I'll I'll give you an example of a patient that shared this with me yesterday that I thought was really insightful. She was going to yoga every Saturday, and because it was it was working for her, she was so excited she wanted to tell her girlfriends. So all of a sudden, about five of her girlfriends were coming to yoga with her. But then they said, okay, we're going to go up for coffee first before yoga. So then they were going up for coffee. And before she knew it, she was all wired up, going to yoga. And yep, 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 yep. And then all of a sudden the yoga would start. And she was so stimulated, and then she'd go home, and it just didn't feel the same as when she went to yoga, was on her mat by herself, and had this great experience because it was really, you know, an emotional experience too for her and a spiritual one. So she kind of had to back up and say, you know what, ladies, I'd love for you to come for yoga, but we're not going for coffee. We're going to go for coffee some other day. So it helped her because she started not appreciating and not enjoying the yoga anymore. So it's kind of, you know, look at what makes that experience really um, special for you and and also look at who who's coming with you or who's joining you on your journey and make sure it's a match for them too. Mm-hmm. And 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 be able to speak up, you know, stand mm-hmm. in your power in a in a loving way. Just mm-hmm. to say That's this right. is this is what I need. Now, Corley, I know you've got another tip in you. Oh, I have a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always good for for at least twenty of those. Um, I think uh, the next one I'm going to talk about, I think, is really important, and I do ask this this of some of the people that I work with on an individual level. I ask them what they're prepared to let go of. Because in order to move forward, it often means leaving some things behind. And when I first say that, people automatically assume it's food, and they say, oh, well, you know, I can give up, you know, anything in the short term. And I say, that's nice, but I'm not talking about food. (laughs) I'm talking about things on a much deeper level. Um, Like I said, when you are moving forward, and you're changing everything on the inside, everything on the outside is is changing. And so when that happens, you have to be prepared for the shift. And so what are the things, like, like Glenna said, the lady, her patient with the yoga, was she prepared to let that social interaction go, or would it be the yoga that would suffer? So I think it's about having a mindful conversation with yourself and preparing yourself in a loving way to allow things to move through your life. And some things are are better left in the past as you start to embark on in new areas and new journeys and in different different trend settings and habits for yourself. Mm, That's a really good point. And everybody can relate to that. I know my dad used to say people weave in and out of your life. Absolutely. And you can, you can look at experiences weave in and out of your life. Now, Glenna, another tip. Okay. Although, you know, this isn't a very exciting one, it's a really successful one, is writing it down. Write down what you want to change. And as you're going through it, write it down. Because even if a day here, a day here, you mess up, when you step back and look at the month and you look and say, well, I my goal was to do this 25 days of the month, you know, Monday to Friday, and you didn't get it, but if you start to look back and you go, wow, I did it 15 times this month, that's 15 times more than I did it the month before, and it's really empowering to see that, whereas if you didn't write it down, you might have focused on the days you didn't do it, rather than being able to really appreciate how far you've come. Absolutely. That's a good one. And I'd like to throw one on the table. Whatever you approach, approach it as a pilot project. Mm. 
Because the pilot project just means you're giving it a try. Mm-hmm. And it may take, for some people, it may take the pressure off. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's not to be confused with what I had mentioned earlier about knowing that you're really committed to do it by doing it immediately. So that's one thing. But, but a pilot project is like, oh, anybody can do a pilot project. Mm-hmm. Sure, I could do this for a week. I use, I use that with myself a lot. It's quite effective. Well, and I know it would work for a lot of people because a lot of people like change or they don't, some people get bored so they can try something this month and go, okay, that's what I did for January. What am I going to do for February? And they might say, oh, I really liked what I did in January. I'm going to hold on to it. Or you know what? That wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Now, do we have one, one more tip for the road? <laughs> I think I have a one last one that I'd like to add. Okay. I think... Um, that it's really important to be mindful of the fact that when you're in the pursuit of health and well-being, that you recognize the fact that the journey is not about perfection, but it's about consistency. Mm-hmm. And to allow yourself the freedoms to fall off and get back on and not just to fall off and forget about it. So when we're more consistent in our choices, we often see more consistent change and change in our bodies and in our lives. Oh, excellent. I really like that because it reminds me of, you know, what I've read years ago is or heard is what we do 75% of the time will dictate Mm -hmm. how we feel 75% of the time. So it's, I kind of, I try to use that number, you know, follow this 75 to 80% of the time. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not 100% because we're human. Gee, I love that. I'm, I'm going to take that tip and I'm going to use it myself. I'm going to steal it. I'm going to steal that <laughs> You can steal that. I'm, I'm because I can work with 75 or 80%. I could, that's doable for me. <laughs> right. Well, how intimidating is it do this 100%, right? <laughs> and then people get so discouraged, too, if they fall off the wagon. Mm-hmm. There's life. Well, they, they do. Know what's ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah. And then they said uh, they then it's like another self fulfilling prophecy of failure, and they get discouraged, and the negative self talk starts, and really we have to save ourselves from that. That's not nourishing our our soul when we you know speak to ourselves like that. So if you can just lift yourself from that and allow yourself those graces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Now, Glenn, is that do you have another tip or? Well, I'd like to share because often people are wondering since we talked about pesticides, isn't yeah. A website I really like, it's one that kind of goes through the veggies and the fruit about which ones are worse for pesticides and least. So which ones are more important to buy organic? And if you have to choose, which ones are not as important as others to buy organic? And the website is www.foodnews.org, O-R-G. Oh, excellent. Now what we're going to do, we're going to do a little spot for Firefly Willows Live. And then when we come back, uh, Corley, maybe you can share some information for the listeners who are interested in getting in contact with you. And, Glenna, maybe you could share your contact information also. And then after we wrap up this section, Glenna and I are going to share some ideas or tips on how to choose the best alternative therapy for you and your children. How does that sound? Great. Excellent. All right. Off we go. We'll be back just in a minute. Stay tuned. Enjoying today's show? Want to share it with a friend? Or maybe you've missed one of our previous programs. 
Well, you can always find the archives of our past shows on fireflywillows.com slash L-I-V-E. Stop by and check out Mildred Lynn McDonald's previous programs or shows from one of our other hosts, John Carousella and Heisey Lutmers. Our live call-in shows are available, too. Join us. Coralie, I just mm. realized that I wasn't being a very good Cape Retina. Why is that? <laughs> it was because I didn't extend the invitation for you to join Glenna and I for the next segment. Well, as a Cape Retina, you know, we don't have to be invited. We just pop in. <laughs> So I'd like to say you're more than welcome. (laughs) Okay. Now, if someone would like to learn more about your cleanse program or get in touch with you to talk about the concepts that we've touched on today, what would you recommend? The best way to reach me is actually through email. And Mm -hmm. I set up a new account uh, for the purpose of this program, and it's Coralie Murphy. And that's C-O-R-A-L-I-E, Murphy, at journeyalive.com. So that's probably the, the most effective way. Okay. And I, understand, and I understand that you you may be doing some more uh, media. Is that, is that Absolutely. We have, okay. a, I believe, a CTV interview coming up on Monday. And uh, we have a couple speaking engagements in the local community. Um, I'd be, I've been asked to participate as a keynote speaker in the Ideas Powered by Passion Seminar Series here in Sydney. So Mm -hmm. I will be doing that, I believe, on the 26th of February. And, uh, yeah, so looking forward to that for sure. Excellent. And, Glenna, if someone would like to get a hold of you, what would you recommend? Um, They could go to my website at balancehealthcenter.ca, and you can – my email is right on the website there. Okay, sounds good. Now, what we can talk about is the great big world and so, and for some people the mysterious world of alternative therapies. So, Glenda, would you like to share what is an alternative therapy? What, what's that all about? The, I guess the name alternative therapy is um, as opposed to mainstream, as opposed to what what kind of most people are doing, although I kind of, I don't use the word alternative very much because I kind of, I don't, it doesn't resonate with me because I think I'd like complementary more because most of my patients are, are doing conventional or allopathic medicine, also doing natural medicine. So it's not one or the other. Um, you never have to exclude one or the other. They can, they're very complementary. So what would be an example of some complementary modularities? Oh, um, acupuncture. Mm-hmm. therapy, homeopathy, chiropractic medicine, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything to add, Coralie? No, I'm pretty much on target with Glenna. Like I said, I think we're, we're in, a, in a state now where conventional medicine is, is busting at the seams and people are searching more holistic and complementary therapies. And they're becoming, they're actually becoming more mainstream. And it's nice to see two systems trying to work together because I think for a long time that wasn't necessarily the case. And we are embracing one another now hence to some the degree. Song, hence the song, Both Sides of the Tweed. That's right. <laughs> we all the dots connect eventually. <laughs> Just like all the people in Cape Breton are related eventually. <laughs> So, uh, listeners out there, 
they have always gone to a mainstream practitioner. They're very, very interested in complementary therapies, but they don't know that much about them. But even more, they don't know how they fit together. So how can we help them? What guidance can we give them so they can navigate this path a little more smoothly? Who would like to jump in there? Um, I'll start. Okay. I think a few things that are really important to, to look for when you're either looking at somebody's website or you're calling them up to try to book a session with them is somebody that's there, there's no pressure, that you feel like there's a very strong educational component of it so that basically what they're doing is educating you about health or about a, a natural therapy and about your body and also that they've got some education and some background um, that you feel comfortable with, whether they're a member of an association, um, but what you feel comfortable with. And I think, you know, some of this not giving you any pressure that you're you're taking the information, you're deciding um, on the journey that you're going forth with, with mm-hmm. and also to make sure you're a match with the personality because whenever we find a great match for their personality, the process and the journey is going to be that much more fun. Okay. Okay. So how do you, so you're recommending that from your perspective that if a person is in mainstream, they're curious about complementary therapies, there may be one in particular that they've heard of, or maybe it's like homeopathy or whatever. They could maybe Google it and find out some information and go to the website of practitioners and read what they have to say. Look for someone that they feel comfortable with in terms of the verbiage or the presentation on their website, or maybe even go to a seminar or a workshop. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth thing would be not to feel any pressure, to approach it as a journey. Mm-hmm. So, Corley, how about you? What, what could you provide our listeners with? What guidance? Well, actually, I think Glenna just gave us some really good information and vital information. You know, mm-hmm. it's really important that the patient doesn't feel pressured. And I think it's also really important that when you're sitting, particularly in a holistic setting or a complementary therapy setting, that they're taking the whole body into account, not just a symptom. And I think most people migrate to complementary and alternative therapies because of that. They're looking for a little bit more. So make sure that whoever you seek, whatever professional you're seeking, that they're sitting down and having a conversation, getting to know who you are, you know, where's the disconnect in the body, in the mind, and the spirit? Like, what what's going on with the client? Because that is where the magic is. That's where everything happens. Treating symptoms, as you know, are usually just short-term solutions mm-hmm. to longer-term problems. So really being able to be open and honest and having a, a develop a good, strong therapeutic connection with the person that you're, you know, uh, sitting with, whatever professional you're sitting with, is really, really important. Would it be an idea to for people who are very, very new to this to go to the association page, provincial association page, for the different modularities? Would that work? Definitely, and often um, you'll see a picture of somebody or a little write-up. Mm-hmm. Generally, there's not too much information, but you know, you could also call the offices and just get a feel of of the the clinic or the setting that that practitioner works in. Okay, and that's what you would do yourself, Glenna. Let's say you were looking for a really good uh, massage therapist, and you were oh, you would come to Cape that. Breton. Oh, <laughs> goodness, no! As a Cape Bretoner, I ask and I ask and I ask. 
Who do you see? What happened? <laughs> okay, okay, so let's, now we're getting down to it. Now we're getting down to it. So, <laughs> all right. So you're in, a, you're in a different city. You don't have any connections. You would really like to find a massage therapist. What would you do? I'd, well, one thing, I'd go on the Internet and I'd read reviews. Okay. Like of pe- real people commenting um, of their experience with the person. And then I'd try them out. And if I went and I had a session and I didn't feel comfortable, I would have no problem, you know, not rebooking and deciding I was going to go elsewhere. Okay. Okay. And what about and you, Laura? Yeah. Well, I think it's really important to to recognize the fact that not all holistic therapies are actually regulated. I know we reside in a province here in Nova Scotia where massage therapy is not a regulated health profession. We do have an established association, but it's not a regulated health profession. So I think it's really important to understand which therapies or modalities, alternative medicines, are actually regulated and which ones are not. And unfortunately, it it falls on the shoulders of the individual to really research that. Now, one one question I'd like to ask, just a closing question, and I'm not sure what the answer to this is, but different people say to me, is it covered by my health plan? Are alternative or complementary or holistic therapies covered by my health plan? I'm sure both of you get the same question. What do you usually say? Um, well, it, it, I, I'm honest, and I, it's up to them. They have to find out that for themselves. But, okay. And I guess... And what's going on in my mind at that moment is, hmm, they're really up for it and they're really looking to get better. They're going to find the person that that clicks with them and it's, it's worth it for them to whether they pay out of pocket or, you know, find maybe they do 50% of the work on their own or they find the resources that they can afford. But most mm-hmm. people, when they start the process, you know, maybe their health insurance only covers covers them for 50%. When they're really engaged, they, they don't worry about that anymore. They realize that it's such an investment in their health because if they're mm-hmm. not feeling good, they're not going to be working, right, or they're not going right. to be able to um, be there for their kids or be there for their partner or be there for their elderly parents. So it actually costs more not to look after yourself. Mm. And what about you, Coralie? What do you say when people it's the ask exact that? same situation with Glenna. Okay. Like I leave the onus up to the patient um, to figure out if their, their extended health care plan actually provides for the service that they're looking for. And oftentimes when I'm with patients, um, you know, Cape Breton is often seen as, you know, a have-not area. But I have wonderful experiences every day where people, they, they make it work on some level. They want to be better. They have a driving force within them. They don't want to deal with the pain anymore. They don't want to deal with the dysfunction or the disconnection. And they want some balance back and they're willing to put the money out or are willing to put the energy into making that happen. So regardless of a lot of times the circumstances outside of, you know, um, the provisions of their health care plan, they will invest if they will invest in their health if you can provide them with a treatment plan that makes sense to them. Mm. Beautiful. That makes so much sense to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, ladies, unfortunately, we are out of time for today on Block Talk Radio, but here's what I'd like to propose. I feel we've got a lot of, we covered a lot of content, beautiful content here that's going to help a lot of people. Wouldn't it be neat 
to have a call-in show for our next show. And people can call in based on the show and ask questions. And we can answer them or sing a song together. (laughs) I better answer the questions because you do not want me to sing. And I'll just tap my foot. (laughs) You'll tap your foot. It looks like I'll be doing a solo. (laughs) Take it away, Mildred. Yes. Don't test me. (laughs) Um, What would you say? Does that does that feel good to you? That's great. Oh, I'd right. love yeah, it, Carly. You could come back. Yeah. yeah, I would absolutely love to do to do this again. It's it's been an excellent experience. I think this is great. Yeah, and a great launching board so we can invite more people to the table in the form of calling in and we can answer their questions and share more information and have fun and drink lots of tea. <laughs> Sounds like a great party to me. Now, Mildred, you knew when you had three Cape Bretoners together, you probably weren't going to have enough time for calling. <laughs> I, I suspected that. I suspected that, but then I turned the page and I said, okay, great. We'll just extend this to another show. <laughs> <laughs> so, Glenna and Coralie, thank you so much. I loved talking to you. I know our listeners love to hear what you had to say. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, I have a special treat For those of you who are from Cape Breton and those of you who are now enticed beyond words to visit Cape Breton, I'd like to share some uplifting music. And what I've selected, and there's so many talented musicians, and the reason I selected this is it's one of my favorite Get Up and Move songs, and we'll have lots of other Cape Breton songs in the future on the program. It's called Traditionally Rocking, Rockin', Traditionally Rockin', by Glenn Graham and Rodney McDonald. Thank you very much, ladies. Have a good evening. And for our listeners, enjoy Traditionally Rockin'. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E.